Welcome to the Randall Report, Season 1, Episode 4. It's our little bit of fun, um, the clapperboard. So, uh, it's good, isn't it? I rather like it. Morning. That's why we keep it there. Good morning to you. How are you doing today? Not Welcome to the Randall Report, of course. Uh, episode 4, did you say? Yeah, 4 already? Wow. Okay, hopefully we're getting better at it. We're steaming through them. We're steaming through them, yes. Something is steaming. <laughs> um, okay, um, so yeah, what have you been up to then the last few days, mate? Um, uh, well, yesterday was exciting because obviously it was uh, Shrove Tuesday. Yeah. Or at least I thought it was. And in the excitement, I made a huge batch of, uh, of batter and made about 30 pancakes only to be told later that afternoon that Shrove Tuesday is actually the first two days of March, which I didn't realise, so I've got some pancakes waiting for you over the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got a bit too excited. 30? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of excitement. Well, like for my mum, for my cousin, for my auntie, right. all that sort okay. of stuff. Okay. And you've eaten them all now? No, 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 not yet. Still no, no, There's still a load in the fridge, obviously. Crikey. Well, half a dozen have been enough. Yeah. Well, so yeah, everybody, but... I'll take it because you made 30 and you've dished them around, that everybody, you, you've heard this, Everyone but it's not Shrove Tuesday about yeah. half a dozen times. <laughs> dear, dear. Yeah. Well, you need to be looking at the calendar. Well, I, I always thought it was the first Tuesday of the of, month. Of, of, of February. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I, Obviously I, not. I had a Spanish friend who once said to me, I said, I can't understand you Brits. You have a special day to celebrate poor people's food. Back to me. Pancakes, the tradition comes from, I suppose, um, you know, not really having... What is the tradition? Well, that was a good point. But, you know, from I thought it was days un- of old, of people not being able not not... It's supposed to be the last day that you can eat before Lent, before fasting, right? And well, then you get to eat. So it. that's your last meal before fasting. Yeah, like your last treat before you go into Lent. A treat. Yeah. Bit of flour and water. Yeah, and sugar and oh, lemon. And, and sugar and lemon and Nutella. That's a treat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Did they have Nutella back then? Probably. I've never. I've never liked it. So Really, we shouldn't have mentioned the brand, of course, but I'm not into chocolate spread. And any spread. kind of chocolate spread available on the <laughs> uh, supermarket. Uh, yes, chocolate spread. It's the hazel, the presence of the hazelnut, I find. It kills it. It kills it for me. I'm a purist. I like my chocolate unadulterated. You know. um, but anyway, oh, well, that's, uh, well, that kind of keys us in, because it is, um, you know, uh, pancakes traditionally was food of the poor, like the certain... I think every country in the world has its sort of simple, you know, dishes. Pizza? Um, well, I wouldn't say that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Pizza was food of the poor. Yeah. Uh, really? Cause it, yeah, because you'd, you'd, you'd make the, your bread and then whatever scraps you'd have left over, you put it, stick it on the bread. Yeah. And then came pizza. Yeah. Poor people's food. But no, it's nice all over and, the place. Yeah, but they had nice ingredients with the mozzarella, cheese and... Or was that, that came later? Is that the adulteration of the original? Yeah, and then it came to England and they started putting pineapple and 
I'll do weird bits on it. Stuffed crust. Yeah. Uh, yes. Have you ever had your stuff, your crust stuffed? <laughs> Let's move on, eh? I think we need to move on. Swift well, um, today I want to talk about money, the cost of living crisis, the death of cash, and more. Um, because obviously now there's, uh, we're seeing now that inflation is at a thirty-year yeah. high. And uh, we're seeing obviously the huge hike in energy uh, prices. I think next um, in April, they'll go up by an average of six six hundred and fifty pound a year, something like that. Yesterday, the price of crude was ninety one dollars, which is the highest it's been in years. In a good amount of time, yeah. And in fact, I went to I filled filled the bike with petrol before I came here. Yeah. And super was one pound fifty nine. One fifty nine a litre, which is insane. It's a huge it's a huge hike. Wow. Okay. It's a huge hike. This time last year it was about one twenty five. When I first started driving long, long time ago, it was like seventy well, P seventy P a litre. I once think, upon a, I think once we upon a time. I think we mentioned in the last one that uh, uh, Prince Charles runs his Aston on yeah, on, on uh, surplus British wine. So um, cheaper made, than made, cheaper than cheaper than petrol. Exactly. Uh, well, some of it is. Some of it especially is. those ones in the cartons. Especially the ones that he makes right. off his yeah. off his farm. <laughs> <laughs> so What's yeah, called the Duchy. Of the yes, the duchy of the duchy, Go- the duchy. Brand. Yes, yes. I've seen the biscuits. Biscuits are good. Are they lemon melts? Yes, yeah. Well, sorry, <laughs> we don't wish to promote any. In Plus, the, any other kind pay- of lemon biscuit available. He's not paying. Markets. Prince Charles is not paying us for this. No, no, no. So, no sponsorship. So no deals. We're not, no. we're not mentioning his biscuits again. We, we are literally pay. not earning a no, single penny. No, out of this not yet. Please help us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but a humble old pensioner. <laughs> well, no, I'm not a pensioner yet. Please like and subscribe. But I'm not far off it, you know. Um, I often think, you know, if I was 12, was it? But uh, one of my favourite comedians, Victoria Wood, what was it? Uh, Roger Moore says to us, says if, you know, if I was 20 years younger. But on the other hand, if I was two years older, I could go for, to the flicks <laughs> for two quid. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I am now so yes please subscribe please support us it's uh, all very helpful um, so yes um, so uh, we've seen a massive hike in the cost of living um, energy bills going up we've got this tax rise coming in April, April yeah. and it seems to me that, that uh, we've been swamped with, with whether it be Partygate um, the latest Ferrero over Jimmy Savile and, and Boris Johnson's comments in Parliament and all this and and the, the focus of attention and it doesn't feel as though it's sufficient to the mountain that's suddenly in front of us when more interest rate rises I would expect yeah um, even though the two we've had so far are meagre and uh you know the offer of of two hundred pound off our energy bills uh, this year, um, but it'll be in the form of a loan that, that we'll have to pay back. There's also a council um, tax rebate. Oh, a council tax rebate. Yes, for, for everything the, between A and D. A and, brands A and D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but uh, it's like small things here and there. It's nothing really 
waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for that check. You know, and uh, no post dated, please. I want it <laughs> the right date on it. Do you get your um, what's it called? You get the winter allowance. The winter. The winter allowance. What am I? That's like two hundred and fifty pounds to help with your with your energy bills. No, I don't. don't For OAPs, yeah. I'm not an OAP. I'm not yet. Uh, Nope to OAP. I'm not there yet. No, 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 no. Just the free prescriptions at the moment. Um, I think I have to wait until. God knows how many years yet before I get the what the freedom part. and you do yeah, really. you get that you get the freedom well I will but they're all, they're all gone by the time I get there yeah they're going to answer yeah and, uh, and if I'm not careful they'll push back the retirement and I'll never quite get there to that either you'll be dead <laughs> probably I said they're pushing it they want to push it to 67 well it's already 67 it's 67 now it is yeah so what do they want to push it to I guess they'll be pushing it before long to 70 <laughs> <laughs> Great, isn't it? Fucking smashing. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, we've got this massive uh, mountain front, which looks to me has all the sniff of a recession about it. Reminds me very right. much of. But that's what I was going to say. No, no, reminds me of the seventies. That's, um, that's what I wanted to ask you. Why are they calling it this term "cost of living crisis"? Does it just like it's like the usual term for it would have been a recession, and in a recession everybody suffers. Well, recession. What's the difference between cost of living crisis and us entering a recession? Okay, recession is 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 what is it? Two quarters of negative growth. Two successive quarters, quarters yeah. of negative growth. Um, uh, 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 to be fair, uh, although Boris Johnson keeps banging on about how growth is the best in the G seven, I don't. Whether that's bollocks or not, probably might well be. Um, but the actual growth figures are paltry. Where and growth at the moment, our growth is slipping. So all of a sudden, you know, we've got these tax rises. These coming. things are in comparison to other European countries. Um, so compared to other European countries, it looks like we're doing okay. But in the grand scheme of things, it's still not very good. The growth good. rate, and we have arguably had an A type of recession due to COVID. Yeah. Um, but the 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 reality is that uh, the recession that feels a bit of fakery, because uh, I don't know what's pinging. That's me. Is that you? It's pinging. At least again. it's not the phone. It's um, the it's the laptop. Uh, yeah, but the, 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 we, we've got this all all uh, going on. But the the the, the so called recession we had. Um, wasn't really a recession and the growth rate normally coming out of recession you get this bounce of growth but the growth has stalled it's about point one or something I mean it's lousy you'd expect a a trajectory that that would marry up to the supply chain issues and the things we've got due to demand but it doesn't feel like that it feels that there's other things into play as to why we've we've got the inflation including Brexit I think um, in my humble opinion, um, yeah, it's definitely played its part. Uh, and you've got all this going on. You've got huge energy um, price hikes, and, and and the focus of the government has uh, the the response to it so far has been fairly paltry. And I suspect my concern is 
that this this uh, tax on jobs, the NHI increase in April, might end up dipping us into recession. Because by perpetuity, people are going to have generally less money to spend from the money they've got. It's outpacing wage increases, inflation is, so to th- this 30-year high, add into it a one and a quarter percent hike in and and uh, in NHI, um, and suddenly uh, you've got people really feeling the pinch, you know, um, right across the board because you know people forget um, you know uh, mortgages. They ain't cheap. Still a massive slice for rent or mortgage. People are paying out of their incomes. It and gets, we're being you know, taxed at the highest rate since, the, I believe, Second World War. There's a strange duality in that it looks as though those sort of, let's say, middle to lower classes are feeling the squeeze even more. For example, if you take um, the cost of energy in terms of your entire salary at the moment if you're sort of middle to lower class it makes up about 15 percent of your income yeah on the higher end of the scale sort of mid middle upper classes kind of thing you're looking at no more than four percent of right. your annual income is distributed towards of, energy solely but they've got big houses oh you know the rich people type wads and not well, put, no, putting not the boiler on you know, as a percentage of their income, it's small. energy is 4%. Yeah. On the lower end of the scale, it's around yeah. 15%. Now, if you add um, your your rent or mortgage, you might be looking at sort of 30 to 40% of your income is going towards, you know, just existing, as in just being able to keep a roof over your head and keeping your home warm. On the lower end of the scale, on the higher end of the scale, it's no more than 13%. So you're having this this uh, duality whereby those who are truly in need are suffering more. Now, with the government plan for, as you said, there's going to be this allocation for um, for, for gas and electricity, yeah, and then for council Some of tax. It's part of a loan, but it yeah. So fine. the council tax is but, 150 pound, isn't it? That they're knocking off. For... It's across the board. It's for everybody. Right. A big issue that but, a big issue that I'm hearing is that it's not being targeted properly so there's this money available which is fantastic however it's helpful whether you think it's enough or not is another matter well i'm looking at it through the content i read the other day for example problem however is that it's not targeted those who truly need it they're the ones that should get the majority for other people who don't need it why they're receiving it in the first place okay well i just feel like the, the the you know uh from way I look at it, I mean, the, the prospect of all of this inflation in energy, food prices and elsewhere, hikes in um, your, your basic prices for broadband and uh, um, rail fares. Uh, I mean, it really is a squeeze from every, every angle. And I, I just see, feel, yeah. feel, feel to, it feels to me like this, this is we're facing a mighty turd. Um, and of course, you can't polish a turd, but you can throw a few sparkles on it. And it just feels to me like the government aren't throwing enough sparkles on the proverbial turd, uh, and there's still too much of it, way too visible. But the government's not um, responsible for a recession. 
No. This is this is a this is a global. But I don't I don't. Think, this is a global matter, is it? Not? it I totally right. agree. So, it's a long time since we've had a recession, and I think so it, this you, is what's exactly, going to catch people exactly. off guard. Um, because we've got a whole generation of people that don't understand even really what a normal interest rate is. What they, you know, uh, I think over three hundred years, um, the average interest rate has been sort of like three three and a half percent. Um, but you know, I remember paying a mortgage as a young man and paying mortgage rates of upwards of fifteen percent back then. Um, Turkey take notes because obviously, yeah, you know, exactly. Turkey's an absolute disaster because they refuse to raise interest rates. That's part of uh, the cutting them. Yeah, they've in fact they've been cutting them even though yes, their inflation yeah, rate is kind of running into the yeah. uh, approach to 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 uh, stemming inflation and they're but, decimating their economy because of it. But I, I, I wonder whether our government's doing enough because I read in France, for example. In France, uh, thus far, the citizens of France have had uh, two cheques of each of €100 Euros to, uh, as part of helping out the public. There's a price cap on the energy prices. Uh, the price increase is capped at four percent. So for the public, they, they can't be higher than four. Hold on, because it's because they're French-owned industries. Correct. Right. So there's right. a right. So when you take the private element out of the situation, and the government can actually put a cap. On, on energy prices, yes. obviously it benefits the entire well, country. Here, yeah, I know we've got private energy companies here, and we can see the, the billions that they're making, especially out of the price rise. There's uh, maybe Labour's answer of a windfall tax to, to feed that back then to, to a more, more cohesive um, uh, this is, help to the public. This, this seems is, to me to this, be a better this, answer. This is not the issue. Even energy companies are struggling. How many energy companies do you know of that have declared bankruptcy over the past two years? Yeah, Why? Yeah, I'm talking about the big. Yeah, we the even big even, even the really big players. Um, if you have wholesale prices that just keep on rising, they have no choice mm. but to transmit that to us. They have to offset these costs, so it naturally means that prices go up. The issue that we are having is that we're trying to get to this net zero by 2050 which means that not only is the, the is the economy not doing well not only is there a global issue at hand mm. on top of all of that we now have this environmental impact whereby we're looking to change our energy needs well this is you why know, you need government invest- you need no, you need to make not, a big it's push not, it's the government intervention that's causing us to have higher energy prices because to get to net zero we need to go from traditional sources of fuels to green, right? And to do that costs a lot of money. The The transition is expensive. And all of the costs, we bear that. So we are looking over the next 10, 20 years, maybe even more, higher prices in order to transition out of fossil fuels. But we are paying that per annum and it will probably increase a few percentage points every year for the next 20 years. But this is the plan that the government has. This is a worldwide plan to get away from fossil fuels. It's also, the government looks at it as a way to, um, it's a national security issue. Because we don't want to have, let's say, Russia, for example, control you know, our energy supply. So we're saying we need to look 
more nationally at this situation oh, and be. make sure that we use our own resources, whether wind farms, wind farms or whatever sort of other methods they use, so that we have a national uh, network that we can rely on and not rely on outside sources. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, clearly uh, there's been a lack of attention for some time on on dealing with the country's energy needs and not being reliant on I mean, it. Don't get me wrong. There's a big argument for not having sold off the energy companies in the first place. Certain parts of a country's inf- infrastructure, whether it's steel making, whether it's energy, whether it's water, should have remained should, in public should hands. Should remain I in agree. public hands. They are public utilities. They should remain in public hands. Same, you know, because as soon as you sell off, we haven't got a steel industry. We get into something that requires uh, the making of a lot of steel and very quickly, um, as we did in the Second World War, for example. <laughs> Where are we going to go for it? We haven't got it. Uh, we're reliant on other countries for our gas supply. I know Britain doesn't have a great deal of gas directly from yeah. Russia, um, but the reality is because other European countries and lots of other countries do, it still affects the price and affects our energy security because it um, you know because it affects supply um you know so it seems to me that we've failed to address this issue for a long time and i remember even 15 20 years ago they were talking about you know 15 years ago they were talking about this kind of situation availing itself but i just feel that now it's here you know as i said in france already they've had uh, 200 euros a piece yeah, they've got ha- they've just had another hold on they've just had another hand out for another 200 euros in, in one check the, the energy price is uh, capped at 4% and it just seems to me in the short term at least um, the the um, French are, are being a bit more uh, uh, get at it and deal with the short term and whatever they've got planned I don't know for the long term but here um, it seems the focus seems to be on other things, and we feel like what they have offered, what they are doing about the, this crisis, is is tantamount to tinkering around with the chairs okay. on the tyna- on the even, deck chairs on the Titanic. Even with petrol and diesel prices, which are going through the roof, at what point has the government ever said, "Okay, let's reduce fuel duty"? Fuel duty makes up sixty percent. Essentially, of the price well, of the price when you at uh, the price at the pump. Yes. No mention. Exactly. No mention of okay. But you let's know, freeze it. Let's reduce it by ten no, percent. No, there's I, no interest. They're sure to make the argument that there isn't the money to do that. But if they're not careful, and they push it along with the tax rise, push the country into recession. The tax receipts by perpetuity will be less, and this already overtaxed nation at the highest rates. Uh, since the Second World War, we'll suddenly find ourselves uh, even in in in, uh, in more of a spiral, uh, and in a situation that will be more difficult to get out of. All because it feels to me, in my humble opinion, that uh, at the moment government's approach to it, the Chancellor's approach to it, is wholly insufficient. I think he's got one thing right since he became Chancellor, and that was probably furlough. 
uh, trying to protect the economy from the most severe effects, if you like, of, of, of COVID. And that's been abused. Um, uh, to, um, to a huge amount. You know, don't, don't get me into that. HMRC uh, yeah. are looking to, to claw a lot of that back. Well, you say that, but the government has just, I think, written off £8 billion. Yeah. Um, And yet, on the other side of it, they're making was, these tax hikes. I thought that was PPE, though. No, no, I believe that some of that is is uh, to do with the contracts and the, uh, for for some of the stuff that related to the pandemic. Yeah, PPE. Um, PPE. The, the, yes, that's it. Personal protective equipment. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. a scandal in, in and of itself. Yeah. So I'm because thinking of, PPI. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, PPE. Yeah. A, lot, uh, a lot of those, a lot yes. of those contracts for for equipment wasn't fit for purpose. Was um, how do you call it? It, it expired. The date of expiry had gone yeah. through. You know, it wasn't used. It was thrown away. It didn't sort of get to where it's supposed to go to. Yeah. So that's an eight billion loss. It's a it's a massive amount. And, and then even when the government was asked to explain itself and apologise, they refused to do so. Well, they were found guilty in the High Court um, for the way they handed out some of these contracts. They were actually found to be in breach. Yeah. So uh, well, my question for you is this then. Is the government not way too large and way too bloated? And the issue for all of us is that government is simply too large, too expensive. I think one in um, six, one in six of us, either work directly or indirectly for the government. I think, this, and the government yeah. is, a, and the government as an entity is essentially a drain on the economy. Yes. Yes, uh, I can't disagree with that, and often so, an inefficient uh, drain on the economy. But it. It doesn't. It, for me, it doesn't alter the the, the the fact that I don't think we. It doesn't feel like we've got competent leaders who are looking to to to, to that that have some semblance of a plan. They have these things like leveling up and what have. Well, of course, that could all be pie in the pie in the sky if we end up in a recession. Uh, and and so it seems to me that the tax policy. Yeah, we need something doing about social care and all the rest of it. But why squander and write off £8 billion worth of bad uh, choices? Why talk about spending God knows how many hundred million on a new royal yacht? And why, if uh, money is such a big issue, do we uh, send people like Liz Truss round on a half million pound uh, journey to, to Australia, Australia. Yeah. when she could have gone business class? She could have even flown up in, in the lap of luxury a little bit for probably 50 grand. Or she could um, have used Zoom like everyone else. Oh, yeah, hello. Although, trust me, she's not pretty on camera. Um, but, uh, sorry Liz, if you're watching, but hey. We all have our opinion. Um, but, yeah, it just seems to me that the, the approach is wholly insufficient. They're not thinking it through. The tax policies are in danger of, um, because the proportion of tax is already very, very high, uh, are in danger of sending us into a real, backing us into a real big corner here. You know, 1.25% rise in NHI, Energy prices, food prices, broad, you name it, petrol, you name it, it's up. Um, and yes, you can talk about percentages, how it might disproportionately affect 
very low income earners. But the harsh reality is I can't think that the vast majority of people, even the, you know, people with good jobs paying mortgages because of the rates tax and the hikes in the mortgage rates as well, that we're heading for trouble. Britain PLC is heading for trouble. And it doesn't look as though there's a captain at the bridge in a meaningful way. If we're assuming that this is inevitable, there's nothing the government can really do. Well, you can't just lay back and under. I mean, there are ways of of mitigating. But the point is, uh, they need to have a plan. And it's no good they're sitting silent and shuffling around a few ministers into non-jobs. I mean, I think the latest is... Was it William Rees-Mogg? Jacob. Jacob, sorry. Uh, William Rees-Mogg was probably his dad, I guess. No um, idea. Uh, no idea. Pass, I expect so. Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yes, Jacob He's Rees-Mogg. Brexit secretary. He's had, well, Brexit Minister for Brexit Opportunities. Quote. I mean, really. Uh, I mean, it, it's... Well, there's lots of trade deals still to complete, so I'm assuming... Well, yes, because we've got... He insists with that. You know, it uh, stands to reason. Um, and it just it just feels to me, as, as I said, they're, they're more... The behaviour of, of Number 10 and the Cabinet and the government is more about securing their own uh, tenuous posts... Uh, rather than focusing and having a bit more of a proper plan that's just not hot air for the country, as clearly it's facing a likely proper recession, with the first that has properly taken place for for a good a, a generation. Because, uh, well, the last big one was 2007-2008. Well, I don't even consider, because we pumped that much QE into the system, which is why, folks, we're in the shit now. Well, exactly. Um, because the, 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 the whole approach since 2008 has been fundamentally flawed. Too big to fail doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, every now and then you need a bust. So... Yeah, um, watch out, everybody. There's definitely tighter times to come, much tighter. Uh, what, really, is... what really concerns me with all this is that the price of housing keeps on going up. Is it the highest level ever, you know, property prices? That bubble so will burst. Yeah. yeah, I'm so convinced that bubble will burst. So there's obviously um, a bubble being yeah. created and it's close well it's it's it, close to burst I it think was cr- it was created by cheap money by by qe essentially because along with the the bubble obvious bubble in the stock market um there is no doubt that the, the, the property does not reflect um national well, the, the, the incomes i mean uh, and every interest rate increase from now on yeah We'll just take out, you know, a whole sector yeah, exactly. of the economy. I mean, back in... OK, granted, we're talking now uh, 25 years ago. So 25 years ago, the property that you bought for 75000 is now 800000 I mean, that is just nonsense. 
wages haven't gone up by that same measure in the same way. So I'm afraid that, that we're likely looking at the end result of it, and I think will actually bring about the final bursting of the property bubble in a way that perhaps will be shocking. But the problem is that um, even at, say, 20% reduction still doesn't represent, you know, the true value of bricks and mortar. Yeah. You'd, be, you'd have to look at I a really significant uh, collapse. I, well, you, you'll get one. I mean, I remember the, 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 the property uh, uh, blip, if you like, the, 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 and it was all intents and purposes a crash in the early 90s. Um, I, I was selling a little cottage at the time and I watched it uh, by the time I I'd lost one buyer and found another I saw 50% of its value wiped off uh, luckily for, for me I'd bought it at, uh, at quite some some less than I still was able in the end to sell it for but that was due to a bubble that, that grew from October 87 privatisation um, from from uh, the stock market crash of eighty seven, that actually there was then a property bubble, which um, burst in the early nineties. The properties had roundly doubled, and then were cut back in half again. So uh, you know, to me, this is feels quite normal and is long overdue. And had things been left to their perhaps better and own devices after the crash of 2007-2008, we wouldn't be in this pickle now. Yeah, we're, try- we, yeah, we're trying to end this cycle, which is essentially is natural. We always have a recession every yes. 10 to 12 to 15 years or so. It's part of, it's part of life's... It's part of uh, a cyclical. Yeah, but when uh, you try to when you try to affect that, uh, yeah. you end up with a bigger problem down the road, and that's what we're looking that's right. at now. For th- while things are good, and then in time ordered fashion, human beings fuck it up, and then we all have to learn a big lesson from it, and then things start again until uh, they come full circle. To sit tight, basically. Sit tight sit for a tight. year or two. Sit tight. Uh, pay down your debt. Yep. And try and save a few pennies, even though uh, uh, at the moment, obviously, interest rate rises aren't really being passed on. They're too small to be passed on at the moment, I suspect. That'll take time. But this is like a boiling of the frog, right? Yes. You do it incrementally. Yeah, I've never no. boiled a frog. Well, neither have I. Neither have I. Why do they call boiling a frog? Because you put a frog in cold water, and if you heat the water really slowly, it doesn't recognise that it's being boiled alive. Oh. So by the time it gets too hot, it doesn't jump out. Is this, is this something you, you have experience of? It's a bit like chasing the ants around with a magnifying glass when no. we were kids on the patio. My point is, my point, could... my point is with interest rates. Yeah. Is that at the moment it's very small incremental increases. Yes. Because it doesn't affect people too much. Yeah. Ideally. The government, if it wanted to sort of stave off inflation, would have had a bigger interest rate increase. Yes. Maybe a percent or more. Yeah. But obviously, the shock of doing that would affect so many people that right. you'd end up in a spiralling situation in terms of people.
people not being able to repay mortgages or credit card debt or whatever else they may they may have bought on uh, on credit. So right. by doing it incrementally, you hope you send a signal to people: don't buy that new sofa from the sofa company or companies that we cannot mention that you can buy on endless credit and the sofa doesn't live as long as the debt. Um, <laughs> and they're usually way too big for your living room. Um, oh, okay. Right, well, um, yes, be careful, I think, is the order of the day. Things are going to get tricky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll get through it. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to the, uh, today about was, was the death of cash. Because I've noticed over the course, and it's picked up a pace since COVID, of course, uh, of, of the lack of cash machines that now I noticed just in the area in which we live in, there used to be um, significantly more cash machines. I can think of a good 10 cash machines that have disappeared within, um, you know, 10 minutes walk of here. But that's along with bank branches, though. Some of it's along with bank branches. Some of it's the, the, the cash points outside of supermarkets where they had three or four, have now got one. Um, and they're no longer being operated by the bank. They're being operated by the supermarket. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, some of um, bank... I've seen a lot of bank closures here locally in Hackney. And it just feels to me, I mean, I had to walk a mile and a half, two miles one day to go to, go to a cash point. And I do like a pound note. Well, sorry, there's no... One pound things. note? <laughs> really? I remember decimalisation. And about that, you see. I remember old pence. Can't get shillings out of a cash yes. point. And old pence wasn't just the vice president of the USA, of course. Um... No, old pence. I remember old pence. Um, yeah, I love a pound, well, a pound coin. I like a five pound note. There's inflation for you. Um, and I just feel as though um, with more and more places not taking cash at all, which has speeded up since the pandemic, um, I just feel as though this assault on cash, if you like, is a very dangerous thing. So do think on when you're using your, your mobile phones to um, uh, pay for stuff uh, that, that you're re- gradually and slowly assisting in the relinquishment of one of the last freedoms that we have. Because once everything is, is, is cash is gone, then uh, every move you make, if it involves paying for something, uh, is tracked and processed and our money then is controlled we have no freedom over it anymore is that the point hmm? is that the point is that the aim is it some kind of financial enslavement whereby if you're a conspiracy theorist out there you know not being able to have cash like you said means that every transaction you make can yeah. be monitored yes you know, and can be tracked. Yes, which is exactly money why is for, cash money is, prefer, I think, is a cornerstone of, of of freedom. Which is why cryptocurrency is becoming so popular, because it's the it's the next evolution of cash. Yeah, you know, whereby you can have an anonymous transaction 
which should be 100% secure. But of course, that's very... Cryptocurrency so of course, very volatile, as we know. Yeah. I mean, they're up and down like a horse draws. Um, but it's like VHS and Betamax, right? You'll always have something that will come to the fore, but we haven't See, figured now it out. Now you're showing your age. Yeah. <laughs> but we haven't got there yet. You know, yeah. you, have, you have six I or seven... Those. I know those some of those poor mothers that picked Beatmax, Beatmax right? over over VHS. But the problem is, you don't know which one will come to the head. You're assuming that one will sort of become the um, the global the global cryptocurrency, yeah, yeah, the global standard that will be accepted yeah. universally. But we are not there yet. So at the moment, yeah, it's but literally they, uh, even that can be controlled. And of course, that has issues of really. its own, doesn't it? Crypto. Well, it depends which currency you look at. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just feel like in more traditional terms, you know, cash money is freedom. It's the freedom to, to, to you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can see there's obvious, uh, you know, um, you know uh, obvious reasons for wanting to get rid of cash because it, it's much easier to, to, or would be deemed much easier to make sure everybody's paying their right amount of tax. But as we know, um, there's ways around that. As, yeah, as we see every day with big business not paying their whack. Um, but you know, there is some freedom to cash that once we relinquish that, we could become uh, be entering ec- effective economic slavery. And whether I'm not a conspiracist. Uh, as such, I uh, am. Uh, um, <laughs> but look, but, but you know, even even I can say that by having that, even if it's for very benign reasons, and that we all get happy and uh, uh, using our phone to pay for stuff, just um, you know, bam, 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 uh, holding it up. Um, that we are, you know, benign. Something that might be benign at the moment could be, uh, accidentally slip us into something that's ra- a place that's rather dark in the future. But we've happily accepted this. There hasn't been pushback. Well, this is what worries me. I, I, is the so you might you might not like it? I don't like it. I don't like it either. Yeah. But we haven't gone out on the street to protest the fact that cash is being taken away from us, that our financial freedom is being taken away from us. Well, that I hasn't been I'm wondering this... whether people actually uh, are recognising what, what they're slipping into. No, but, no, uh, but you don't. Uh, you know, the, the, this whole thing of um, even social media to an extent. Well, you, most put too, of us, you can put too much of yourself. Most of us sleepwalk through, through these things, and I think yeah. that's the point. Sometimes it's easy to be ignorant over certain things, especially over finances, a lot of people are simply ignorant. You know, they just have their day-to-day lives that they worry about. They're not interested in the bigger picture, as it were. You know, what does it mean exactly not to have cash anymore? What does it mean that all of our transactions can be monitored? What does it mean that sort of... what, What stops a bank or a government placing some sort of block on your accounts okay. and you have no access to money. What happens? Exactly. What happened when... Uh, what but was that bank? you've got cash, Northern people, Rock. people, the citizens can, can 
Uh, do you to all sorts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, even but without barter. cash, they can barter do you remember, services and do you goods directly. Barter. Well, it, 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 when it, are we going to get to the point where we're bartering goods and services? Well, we saw an element of that actually um, after the crisis in two thousand and eight, where people do have a different transactional approach to uh, things, especially the sort of more. Bohemian, now they'll but they might swap. Uh, you know, if they they cut hair, they'll do a, a goat for return. a burger. Goat for a burger. It town. happens. Do you remember Northern Rock? Yeah, I do remember Northern Rock. And then you had people queuing for miles trying to get the money out. Yes. And then the bank said, "The run on banks." Sorry, you can't get your cash out. Mm. That happened within. 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, so what stops that happening again? Well, of course that can happen again. Uh, um, and if we have an electronic system whereby we don't have access to physical cash, what do you do to survive? Interesting historical um, context. Here. Back in 1929, of course, you had the Wall Street crash. And then the stock market recovered. And then you had the great banking collapse of 1930. One and I think in the space of a couple of three years, nine thousand banks went bust. So yeah, and I believe that can still happen today. Every bit as much. It happened in two thousand and eight. I think we could uh, sleepwalk into bigger disasters. During World War Two, you had to um, you had to give your gold into the banks. Yeah. To help with the um, with the well, that the, Roosevelt um, bought a lot with the walk with the nineteen thirty four about gold, um, which is to help is, with the effort. Yes, to, to to get them out of the depression. The answer these days is to to continue to legalize marijuana. That's the secret. <laughs> There's billions in it. Uh, it would resolve all sorts of problems, uh, and even if it was a shit mess people would be uh, less inclined to be bothered about it. They'd just go in the kitchen and raid the fridge if they could afford to put anything in it. That you is. might not be able to buy the food to put in the fridge. Crikey. Sobering thoughts. So, yeah, be, be thoughtful before you give up every normal means of paying for things. But cash money, I think, is still uh, very... Important cornerstone of retaining. Keep a little freedom. something. Yeah. Keep, Keep a little something under the bed yes. for a rainy day. Yes. Because uh, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yes. Very important to keep something under the bed. <laughs> Not just for rainy days. Uh, because of that, uh, the <laughs> which brings me completely to a point. Uh, or to a point of convenience, of course. Um, what used to what people used to put under their beds in times gone by, when they only had an outdoor toilet, they used to use Chainful. something. You'd be called a gazunder because it goes under the goes under the bed. A gazunder was it was the common terminology, I believe. In what decade um, was this now? Oh, we're going back. I mean, I have I've visited relatives who, who, uh, you know, you, <laughs> who, who didn't, you know, back when I was a youngster, I still had people and we know that didn't have inside toilets and bathrooms back in the day. You know. So you had to use a gazunder. Um. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I've had to, to, to use somebody's outside toilet because there wasn't an indoor one. You know, we don't know we're born these days with, with indoor plumbing and, and what have you. What's the, what has this got to do with the cost of living crisis? It's fuck all. It's just a crisis. It's fuck all. Thank it's God we don't have to deal with that anymore. Exactly. You know, whichever way you look at it, it you know, we're, we're, we are in, we can't complain too much. Um, you know, in times gone by, things have been a lot worse. Yeah. I remember my mother. Now, my mother grew up in, or rather was born at the beginning of the Great Depression in North America. And I remember her telling me, recounting to me when I was a youngster, and she took us to see her house that she, the, the, well, where it looked like a shack, actually, where she grew up in the very sort of dusty part of the Grand Belt in, in Canada. And uh, she used to tell me this story how how they they went to the toilet. How do the subjects always end up on the toilet? I don't know, but let's um, wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I've, I've started, so I'll finish. Um, and there the, used to be a wooden seat, very obviously a large hole underneath it. And they used to they didn't have toilet paper. It was the Sears and Roebuck's catalogue. Um, right. Uh, well, I, I guess which is the American equivalent to to. Uh, uh, Littlewoods. I'm going to edit the last um, three minutes of this conversation. No, that's true. And she, they used to have to use that for for wiping, but she said always the glossy pages got left to the end. There you go. Yeah, why would you well, want to use those? Exactly. So we've got little to complain about, I suppose, these days. But um, do think on before you give up using cash completely. Or your outside loo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you would be up shit creek without a paddle. Anyway, on that tacit note, I thought I'd leave you with a little Charles Dickens quote today. Um, you know, uh, from David Copperfield, I think. That's it. Annual income twenty pounds. Annual expenditure nineteen and six. A result happiness. Annual income twenty pounds. Annual expenditure, £20 and sixpence. Result, misery. Thank you for watching, everyone. Have a great day.